player 2 has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody and welcome to episode 91 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm your host here, Kevin, along with my brother from my mother, Sean. How we doing? Good. It's the, uh, the Justin Tuck episode. Wow. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't but done that in a while. Now we're into the 90s, so now it becomes easy for football. Especially next week, it's very easy. Yes. Especially with who's going to be in town, because they're all, aren't both of them? Oh no, Brent's a Cowboys fan. Uh, yeah. Well, does Brent even care about football? I don't know. Uh, he, he was, I know Jason's a big Giants fan. He was definitely a Cowboys fan growing up, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think like I don't think he was, was exactly. Yeah. I don't think he's a Cowboys fan the way we are Giants fans. Right. No offense, Brent, but I don't know. Maybe he is. But the Cowboys suck. Comment below. Let us know. Speaking of Cowboys suck, football's back. Thank God. Except the Cowboys don't suck. The Giants suck. That was. That was, and just for the record, we got a lot more subs than we did a year ago. Probably every week we're going to talk about football and possibly fantasy football. I hope for long, just five, 10 minutes. But I hope that you like that about us, about that we don't just talk video games. We kind of give you a little glimpse into our lives and other things we like and stuff like that. If not, Um, if not, just fast forward. There's, that's why, that's why I do time codes. So... The Giants, they, they looked horrible. It looks like they never practiced. I don't know why we signed Brandon Marshall. Well, we have no offensive line. Which is we what I said all get along. any routes established. I, it was like... It's like I had tricked <sighs> myself into thinking, into forgetting how bad the offensive line was. Because that's uh, what I said all offseason. Because when we took Evan Ingram in the first round, I was like, awesome. But he's not a blocking tight end. Because as bad as our... Uh, offensive line is we could really use a blocking tight end. I know we signed Ellison, but he's really more of a fullback than he is a tight end. Yeah, and he's more like an I formation blocker. He's not really up on the line, but I don't know. That was horrible. I, I do think though, once we get Beckham back, everything opens up, and I think we'll be fine. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction might have been a wee bit premature, but that is a Super Bowl defense. You, they were out there like ninety five percent of the time, especially in the first half. They held their own. Oh, the Giants. Yeah. 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 That is a that is a Super Bowl quality defense that we had. Yep. If we get in to the playoffs, we know what Eli can do in the playoffs. I'm not going to freak out. I'll freak out about my fantasy team because that was horrible. It was even worse. But yeah. I'm not going to freak out about the Giants. Good game to the Cowboys. You beat us without our best player. We'll catch you in a few weeks. While you had your best player, and you shouldn't have. Your, no, but that's besides the point. Did they, did they say anything more about that? Is the NFL okay with a restraining order or whatever? NFL appealed it or whatever. Okay, good. So they're going to try to it's the whole appeal the appeal. thing again. But I, The thing with Zeke, clearly it's not like he's just innocent of everything. He's had no. a lot of issues. The fact that he's never showed any remorse or admitted any wrong, and he won't do that while all this is going on because he just doesn't want to get suspended and stuff. But like, you just seemed like such a cocky little. Sh- I don't like him at all. No, I can't Dak, stand him. I I, I, like I can't hate Dak. I, I like Dak just him. like I could never really hate Romo except when he was young and I, when he was younger I didn't like him because he reminded me of a young Brett Favre. But the older he got, I really liked him. I like Dak. I, I like Dez. I like that he was getting in Janoris's face and Janoris gives it back like to him. Dez. I don't mind him, but I cannot stand Zeke. I cannot stand him. And I so badly. There was that one time where he got tackled when oh, he bent like over backwards. backwards. I was like, yeah, no, yeah. he got up. And, and I know right that's up. mean, but I don't yeah, want I mean, him I to want die. Him, exactly. I don't want him to die. But if he 
sprains an ankle or something. He's still getting paid. What does he care? Yeah. Stay lovey. Colin Trevorrow is out of episode nine, and it's not that he quit. He was dismissed. I don't know any of the details on this, but mm-hmm. it makes me kind of nervous, a lot nervous, I would say. Because I like Trevorrow. There was a lot of people, a lot of you Fairweather fans slash haters out there came online like, oh, I mean, Jurassic World wasn't that good anyways. I didn't want this guy to people. direct Who episode was nine. Klepek, I think. Klepek was like... I don't think it was... I feel like it was somebody... Klepek definitely tweeted about it and basically said Maybe Jurassic was World wasn't that good. There was somebody that said basically that. I thought it was somebody like a Logan, not... I'm not, I'm not no. saying it was Logan, but I thought it was like a Logan or a Nick or a somebody we really know. Or Bernardo that or something. Like, what? Yeah. But maybe it was Klepek. Yeah, I, it would definitely I remember was seeing Klepek. somebody it say it. I, I disagree. I just, I hate it for him now because he stepped down from di- directing Jurassic World 2 so he could direct episode 9. Now, he's still writing Jurassic World 2 or Fallen Kingdom, excuse me. But that sucks. And now they're saying it doesn't even look like Ryan Johnson, who is directing episode eight, is going to direct episode nine. I thought it is the weirdest thing that they, that they've done. They've done this whole director roulette or whatever you want to call it. I think if you've got a vision for this new trilogy, you should have had a vision for this new trilogy, not three different guys take on this story. Like if there's a story you're wanting to tell, it should have been one director throughout the whole thing. And I would have been fine if it was Abrams. I, I thought he did great directing episode seven, but I don't know. So what else has Trevorrow done? Safety Not Guaranteed, which I never saw. Never heard of it. It was an indie film, and he it was so good that he got Jurassic World. The Jurassic World is the only big film he's ever done. Okay. But other than the real big name directors, I can't like I can't tell you what Ryan Johnson has done. JJ Abrams, the name. Abrams. Obviously, obviously he was lost, but the the first movie he did was one of my the, the best in the series, I still say, MI three, Mission Possible Three. I still gotta see the mm. last one. But I don't think I've seen how many have there been? Five? Five. Six is coming whenever Tom I don't think I've leg. seen anything since three. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, I'm not really concerned because it's Star Wars. It, the, the funny thing is, though, the, as I'm saying that, I'm like, why are we all just so... We all just know Episode Eight's going to be great. And probably we all already know Episode Nine's going to be great. This is... It's the Marvel effect. Do Have people forgotten the pre... I, I think episode eight is going to be great for the record. I think now... I think they've righted the ship, and I don't think you can... It would be tough to screw it up now. One, you know, the trilogy, there was no hope for, even though I still say three is a good movie. Seven has... It's kind of set the stage. I think anybody that knows what they're doing that isn't going to try to come in and change everything, you're not going to screw up eight and nine. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to play much of a a factor in it. Yeah. So I'm I'm literally not I'm not worried at all. Yeah. I'm not either. I just it's just like we we've all forgotten about the prequels, but like you said, it seems like they righted the ship, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Monday Night Raw is broadcasting live on Christmas night and also New Year's Eve night. Right or New Year's Day is New Year's Day seven days. So it's New Year's Day. New Year's Day. If it was New Year's Eve night, that would be worse than New Year's Eve Day. So I don't really think that's a big deal. But you couldn't just tape it. Like like you don't even have to do storylines and stuff. You can't tape it one week ahead of time so people can actually be with their families. Like I saw, like Matt Hardy's wife was like, "Oh, thanks for canceling Christmas." WWE and a couple other wives were saying stuff like that. That's crap. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. I get that, but it's Christmas. What the heck? 
No, it, it's I don't weird. Like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it either. But it's not like WWE is the only. I mean, they have basketball games. Which I on thought Christmas Day. I don't like that either. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I would prefer it this way slightly to like Christmas Eve. Yeah, because Christmas Eve night, it's Christmas Eve night, Christmas is like Day a night, you're like, and Christmas Day, uh, I'm just day falling is asleep a from I got right. a fan. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll which probably, is one of the reasons I have a problem with the NBA games on at noon Eastern time. Like, holy crap, people haven't even like they haven't even gotten out of their pajamas yet, and oh, let's go down to MSG. Right, I don't know, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. But obviously, people go. It's the NBA, so I wonder, I wonder why that would be all these leagues or businesses wwe anything really they're doing it all for the dollar well and i will say are they really making let me correct myself it's not wwe that's making it go on it's usa usa network said no you're going to broadcast live because of advertising and all that they said you're going to broadcast live Really? I think that's ridiculous, and maybe that's just a cover for WWE because the advertisers are going to be there. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, but that's what the report was. Wow. Well, see, I don't like that. Yeah. I can understand WWE doing it, but for USA to tell, I don't know. Okay, now I don't like it. I mean, I wasn't a big fan before, and now I really don't like it. it. I think it's ridiculous. That's bullcrap. No matter what. Sean... What have you been playing this week? Nothing. Okay. Nothing at all. I've literally done. I, I mean, I'm. I just got an email from the knot. We are 25 days away from the wedding, mm-hmm. as of recording this Monday night. And it's there's a lot of stuff to do, and we're gonna be gone for a week. It's just Brittany's. And Brittany's gonna be gone also, stuff. right? Brittany's gone Thursday to Sunday this okay. week. And then we're gone the following Friday to like Friday. Basic, I mean Saturday night. But then we're gonna be just out of commission for a day or two after that, just trying to get used to the time zone change and all that. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, that's like the week of the wedding. So it's like, oh god. Do I need to get two hosts? Do I need to get back to back? Do I need to get hosts for ninety three and ninety four? Ninety one, ninety two. Is Brent and everybody? Brent and no, 90, 93, well, in theory, you'll be gone. In theory, or 94, we I could do it. Well, I know, but you're going to be so jet-lagged. You're not going to want to do it Sunday or yeah. Monday. Maybe Monday. Maybe night, Monday. Because you'll have to Sunday work. won't work. It would have to be Monday. All right. I'll, I'll reach out for episode 93. I'll try to get um, Greg yeah. Miller to come on. I'm sure he'll do it. Maybe maybe Kleppick will come on. Actually, Bernardo could probably get him for us. <laughs> yeah. Pull some strings, Bernardo. Yeah. Well, I understand because I haven't really played anything this week either. I would say that I beat Minish Cap, but I didn't really because the ROM has an issue where you get to this part in the final dungeon where you get to this, you go through this one door and it crashes every time. So I didn't get to beat it and it was the most maddening thing. I looked up all these things like you can, and again, it's legal that I do this because he owns Minish, or yeah, Minish Cap and he gave me the cart. So it's fine that I do this. People are saying if you use a different... Remember how I got? I, I was using one emulator at first because there's three different Game Boy Advance yeah, emulators yeah, yeah. you can choose from. I got rid of the one because the sound was horrible. I did something with the settings and switched to the new one. Sound sounded great, so I was like, okay, I'll use it from there. Apparently, if you use this third emulator, 
you can get past that. So what people are saying is, well, you can go in, copy your save file, and like move it because your save states and your game saves are per emulator. So you can't just go like. But they're independent of the emulator. They're not like they're tied. Like to one emulator, emulator could read a save state from another emulator. It can't. Oh. People were saying there's a way to do it. I'm like, no, because they have like different dot sav or dot sts or right. something like that. I tried doing it, didn't work. So I'm like. I'm so frustrated, but there's nothing I can do. So I just watched the final boss fight and it looked like it was awesome. <laughs> you could probably, I don't know how it would work with the pie. You should be able to download a save state, like download so. somebody else's game. That way you can just Before play Hyrule the final Castle, boss. Yeah. Dark Hyrule Castle. It was a lot of fun. I, I still like the game. I don't think it was better than any of the other 2D Zelda games that I like. I don't think it's better than any no. of the 3D Zelda games, but it's a fun, like, it's kind of like an Uncharted The Lost Legacy for Zelda. I feel like it's tough to screw up a 2D Zelda game. Yeah. There are 3D Zelda games. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Twilight Princess. I'm not a huge fan of Skyward Sword. And they're good. But at the same time, like, I'm not a huge fan of Minish Cap. It's good. But I feel like I feel less cheated by a 2D Zelda game not being great because yeah. it's just it's meant to be, it's just it, not, I don't know. It's meant to be different. It's almost like every 2D Zelda game now is a spinoff, even when it's linked between worlds. It's like it's still like the main Zelda games are the 3D ones. And then like that, like when they talked about, when we talked about a few months ago, oh, it looks like they will get a 2D Zelda on the Switch because the 3DS team's working on it. It's like that makes it seem like it's like B-tier Zelda, you know? Which I don't agree with because I still think Link to the Past maybe one of it's one of the top like five games ever made. So let me tell you what it's like. Okay. I don't read many books. I would like to, but I don't. That would have been such a good segue, but hang on for about five minutes. <laughs> and I think part of it is I'm gonna get to my point, but I'm gonna segue off a little bit. Books. It seems like, within reason, anybody can write a book and get a book published. So you see all these books out there, and you're like, how many of these are actually good? 5%, 10%? Versus, like, movies, not indie movies, but, like, movies. It takes a lot to get a movie made. And there are some bad movies, but even when I sit through a bad movie, I'm just kind of like, it's an hour. Well, it wasn't great. It's an hour and a half of your life, yeah. but you move on. Exactly. Whereas a book, I feel like if I read a bad book, I would just be like, oh, God, that was, I don't know how long it takes to read a book. It depends on the book, I guess, but 10, 20, however long it takes to it read take a book. It a very long time. I would be like, oh, my God, like, I wish I could get that bad. Like, that was brutal to get through. And I kind of feel like that, that's almost how it is with Zelda games. Twilight Princess was a good game. It was very long. It dragged on. But I view that, even though as a whole, maybe it's better than Minish Cap, it's a totally different game. But even if I could say outright, Twilight Princess is a better game than Minish Cap, I'm likely to play Minish Cap through multiple times more oh, yeah. than I would ever play Twilight just because it's it's just it's fun you pick it up you play for a little bit you don't feel like 
I mean, Twilight Princess, I would play for hours at a time and feel like I accomplished nothing. Like I'm running around. Because those, just, oh God, those first four or five hours, that's when I was showing, wolf, like I yeah. talked about when I was showing, no, not even before you get to the wolf, when you're just doing all the crap, when you're in the village and herding oh. goats and all this stuff, just doing that with Noah, like I talked about a month ago or so, I was like, I can, I'm never, as much as I really like this game, it's one of my top 75 games of all time, I will never play through it again. No, I don't think I will either. I've played it through completely twice now. And I don't know. Uh, so question, what, there's one correct answer here. What is the next game you're going to play through on the pie? Terranigma? Is yes, that the answer? that is the correct answer. I think if you sit and play for like an hour, you will love the game. If I remember correctly, there are five levels that are almost all in like the tutorial part of the game. Okay. Like they go really quick and they're pretty short. At least the first one or two are. It's not like playing through five levels of like A Link to the Past. They're much shorter than that. Or playing through the opening of Twilight Princess. Uh, right. And so I think in an hour, you might be able to beat all five or close to it. I'm trying to think of how it all plays out. But it moves pretty quick and I think... Even by the end of like the first dungeon level, whatever you want to call it, you will be maybe not hooked, but maybe, but at least, you know, very intrigued. It, if it's a good 2D Zelda knockoff, then I'm already intrigued. Which like I said, you said it is, and I know your taste. So it I know is. Good. It's probably closer to Beyond Oasis, the way it plays. Right, because the special moves are right. Call it. It, it's kind of. Like, I'm trying to think if you even get, like, items and stuff like Zelda. And you might not. Maybe just get, like, abilities or something. I don't really remember. But it's kind of a cross between... Actually, honestly, it's probably more like, without the bar, it's probably more like Secret of Mana or something. Okay. Somewhere between Zelda and Beyond Oasis. Hmm. But yes, I, I have no doubts that you will like the game. So to kind of piggyback off that, so I was super frustrated with how Minish Cap ended. I was like, I need a break from games. And it worked out perfectly that I needed this break from games because like you said, there's a lot of books out there. Not many are good. I can tell you a book that's good, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels mm. by Jason Schreier. I meant to have it out here so I could have a prop and I just forgot But because I, I, I just forgot. I'm only four chapters in. Um, what are the, I've read through, there's a chapter on Pillars of Eternity. Didn't care anything about, I know the game, but didn't care anything about it. It was fascinating. Um, Uncharted 4. Obviously. Stardew Valley. Okay. And I forget what the other one was. Is that how it is? Is like every chapter is about a different Yeah, it's like game? 10 or 12, and I've been trying to look it up because I can't find the table of contents. Um. I love it. Like the, of course, Jason Schreier is the one guy when, if he writes something about Destiny, which I don't care anything about, or Destiny Two, which I care nothing about, I'm reading it because it's just he is a great writer. He is great at his job as a investigate. I would call him not just a journalist. I think he qualifies as an investigative journalist. Like the guy is awesome. 
I've listened to some of his podcasts. Like he did the um, back before Colin left kind of funny when he was doing the conversation with Colin was right. The one he did with Jason Schreier was just fascinating. I just love to hear him talk about video games and everything. And um, this book so far, well, I've only read four chapters so far because life got busy and stuff as it does when you get a two month old. Uh, it is just, so, it's one of those things that reminds me in a different way, but my boy Blake Harris and console wars mm-hmm. where I'm just like, Whereas the the difference though is console wars took a bit to get going, but once it got going, it was fantastic. This has been fantastic from the beginning. So like Pillars of Eternity, I didn't know anything about. It's like an RTS isometric, blah, 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 blah. And it's fine and whatever. But then you get to Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4, if you remember when this was first revealed as just... I don't even, did they say Uncharted? I think it, the when they just did a voiceover at E3 or what, no, it was at PSX a few years ago. And you hear this guy talking, who it turned out it was Alan Tudyk. Oh, okay. Who was going to play Drake's Steve the brother. Pirate. He, well, he was, it was un, it's Uncharted <laughs> Pirates. He was going to play Drake's brother, Sam. And I'm going to stop now because you haven't played the game. But the way, well, no, I can say it. It's like Sam originally was going to be, you know, in the game, Sam is, he, you're, he's, he's your long lost brother. He comes back, your friends, everything's good. Originally the tease they did was just this map that was just kind of filling in as it like scanned around it and stuff. And he was talking over it and you could tell it was somebody like, you thought I was dead and I'm not, I'm coming back to get you. And it was like, this is Drake's brother. And I'm like, Oh man, he's got to fight his own brother. And this is crazy before it was ever known to be called a thief's end or anything like that. Amy Hennig, left Neil and Bruce stepped in they didn't want to step in they wanted to step in and just like say okay we're gonna we're gonna kind of steer the ship for like a month or so right yeah cool and then you'll get a new director okay cool because they had just done last of us and they were burned out but then they just were like we can't walk away from this and just reading all the stuff and by the way if you haven't played Uncharted 4 yet they do spoil the ending in the books <laughs> just spoiler warning on that so you should not read it till you play it or just skip that chapter because I'll be happy to give this to you oh I need to get this read before you start traveling all over the world I need to give you my Vita and this book yes because it's so good Stardew Valley like he's talking about Stardew Valley which is just it's right up your alley the, the guy right Greg, up my valley huh right yeah. up my valley Guy graduated college, computer science guy or something like me. Didn't want to go out in the working world. Um, Lived at home with his parents and his girlfriend moved into while she was going to grad school. The parents let them stay there. Everything's fine. They're saving on bills, doing all this other stuff. And he's just like, I don't want to go in the working world. I'm going to make a game first. But what game do I want to make? Man, I loved Harvest Moon on Super Nintendo. Man, all the games since then really sucked. I'm going to make a Harvest Moon. And it's just this story about his journey from conception of this idea or inception, conception of the idea, just following his journey where he did nothing. Like he never worked. He took a couple times. He took jobs as like a, an usher at a movie theater because he was literally waking up and coding or doing art or sound or something for like 10 to 15 hours a day, going back to sleep, wake up on his computer, da, 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 da. And everything he went through to make it and just, excuse me i don't know what that noise was i don't want to give it all away because i want you to read this book jason deserves your money like this is i would if you like i told logan um he was tweeting me like hey kev big fan miss you very much or something i'm like i love you too man but i was like i'm just sitting here reading this book and logan of all people 
just has got to read this book because I know he, he loves that kind of stuff. He's, he's fascinated by, by the industry and the ins and outs of it and everything. And it's just such a good book. I, I can already tell that. And the reason it's so good, like I said, I didn't care really about Stardew Valley or Pillars of Eternity, but reading through it, I could not put it down. Yeah. It's awesome. I cannot wait to get more into it. And one of the games on there is Star Wars 1313, the canceled Star Wars game. Destiny is one of the games in there. The only one that's not in there is because, and because nobody will talk about it, is, of course, take a guess. No Man's Sky. <clears throat> Big Boss. Big Boss. Metal Gear Solid Five. What do you mean no one will talk about it? Kojima can't talk on the record because he got an NDA and nobody at Konami will uh, talk about everything that happened around it. I don't mean just the making of the game. I mean everything from like March of 2015 until September 2015 when the game actually came out. Yeah. That's what I want to know about that. Yeah, good luck. Um, I think it's a story that will finally be uh, that will be told at some point, and it'll actually probably be Jason that tells the story <laughs> just because. But yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. It is fantastic. If you care about the industry of video games and if you wonder about how they're made and everything, you've got to check this this book out. It's great. It's like ten bucks on Amazon for paperback. It's yeah. a steal. Like buy the book. I when I'm done so we're recording Monday night, which is tonight. I'm gonna edit, get all this ready to go every night from now on out. I'm gonna put the kids to bed, relax. I'm not gonna turn on Terra Enigma because I want to read this book. Yeah. Um and then Metroid comes out. So Terra Enigma, I'll, I'll get yeah. to it. But Metroid's coming out on Friday. No, we don't get advanced copies. <laughs> I didn't even bother trying. But um, we'll have some. I don't even know if we'll have impressions next week because this weekend's going to be crazy. I you I want to get this game right away, and I just don't know when I'm going to. You won't have a chance to play it. Oh, I guess I'll play it on the way to Germany. But you need to play but Severed. But I probably won't touch it until then. You need to play Severed. That's just too much. We're so spoiled. I just don't want to do this. Anything. <laughs> anything, I don't want to do anything. No, I know. That's why I'm. That's why I'm doing uh, this because it's God. been it's been like that for me too. It's been a day. It's been a day. All right, you want to get in the news of the week, Sean? Yeah, let's do it. Rockstar is re-releasing a game, and I am shocked. Not because they're re-releasing it, because it's also coming out on a certain Nintendo console called the Switch. La Noir. Is coming back out. This comes from Kotaku. The detective LA, the detective game L.A. Noir is coming to Switch. Rockstar said today. Blow, this was last week. Blowing the minds of Nintendo fans everywhere. Also, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and the HTC Vive. This new version of the game will be out on November fourteenth. The HTC Vive version will feature only seven of the game's cases, while the three console ports will include the entire game. The Switch version also comes with all sorts of gimmicks, like a Joy-Con mode. Touchscreen controls and touchscreen controls. While the PS4 and Xbox One version come with fancy new graphics. Here's Rockstar. You, If you picked up on that, if you didn't pick up on that, we'll pick up on it when we come back and talk about it. L.A. Noir on the, the VR case files for HTC Vive delivers seven of the original engrossing self-contained cases from L.A. Noir rebuilt specifically for virtual reality, blending breathtaking action with true detective work to deliver an unprecedented interactive experience. So basically, it's part of the game, but you, only, you know, it's only part of the game, but you get to play in VR. Cool. L.A. Noir for the Switch features the complete original game and all additional downloadable content with specific enhancements, including a Joy-Con mode with gyroscopic gesture-based controls, HD rumble, 
and a new wide and over-the-shoulder camera angles, plus contextual touchscreen controls for portable detective work. L.A. Noir for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One delivers the complete original game and all additional DLC with, range, with a range of technical enhancements for greater visual fidelity and authenticity, including enhanced lighting and clouds, new cinematic camera angles, high-resolution textures, and more. L.A. Noir plays natively in 1080p for the PS4 and Xbox One and stunning 4K for the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, capturing the grit and grind... <laughs> grime of the City of Angels like never before. If you notice, it's only the PS4 and Xbox One versions that are coming with, what do they call it here? A range of technical enhancements for greater visual fidelity and authenticity. So basically, the Switch port is just the PS3 and Xbox 360 version, whereas the PS4 version is the up-res version. Does this surprise us at all? No. Because we know what you're dealing with with Switch now. If this surprises anybody, then I don't I don't know why this surprises you. But the thing that I take from this is I don't really care about LA Noir. I remember it was the biggest deal ever when it came out because of all the 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 facial animations and everything. Like it was the most realistic motion capture you've ever seen. And still to this day it holds up. It's like you're looking at somebody actually talking, unlike Horizon Zero Dawn. But I don't it's a rock star game. I get it. But it's just not for me. My detective games are Arkham games, and that's that's really it for me. But this is Rockstar putting a game on the Nintendo Switch. This, to me, is potentially, not necessarily, but potentially huge going forward. Grand Theft Auto V, let me just say, is one of the top... 10, top five to top 10 selling games every month, three and a half years after its release. I'm not saying I necessarily think they're going to put GTA 5 out on the Switch, but Sean, are you encouraged by the fact that Rockstar, the granddaddy of all developers, maybe second only to Naughty Dog, is actually putting out L.A. Noir, be it a six-year-old game, on the Nintendo Switch? Or am I making too big a deal of this? It's, I would say it's definitely promising, um, but I don't know. It's tough because I don't see the Switch. I mean, I guess GTA Five came out on PS3, so why couldn't it come out on yeah. the Switch? But, and, and I mean, Zelda's huge, but it's not as detailed huge as, it's still a lot of wilderness, I don't see Grand Theft Auto V on the Switch. And I certainly don't see whatever Grand Theft Auto VI ends up being coming out on the Switch. Right. So I think it's promising that a big developer like that is you know, showing faith in the Switch. And it's funny how we talk about it like that. Like, It's freaking Nintendo. It's like, oh, it's not cute like, little Switch. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a try. Let's right. see what this little... I mean, it's Nintendo. But, right. I mean, that that's how we all talk about it. But... It's promising. I like it, but I don't really know what it means. I think even Grand Theft Auto, not to poo-poo Grand Theft Auto Five, but I think Grand Theft Auto Five is really, really pushing it for the Switch. And I don't even know if it could be done. I, I think it could be and done. And Grand Theft Auto Six is only going to be bigger. Yeah, I think it could be done. 
there won't be online because I don't think Rockstar would even waste their time with GTA no. Online on the Switch with how screwed up, how you got to have like 17 wires to get chat to work and stuff. There's no point. Yeah. I think it could work. The funny thing, though, is the Switch only comes with 32 gigs of onboard memory. That that damn game on my... If I install it again on my PlayStation now, and granted, a lot of that's going to be GTA Online, but it's like a 70 gig game at this point. Yeah. Like, you would have to either get it on the card, on the, the, uh, uh, the game cart, whatever they're calling it, or you would have to download it and have to have a big SD card for it to even be able to be playable. Right, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I guess I don't really know what it means. There are rumors. But it's, it's a good sign. Yeah, there are rumors that Bully 2 is in development. Now that I could see. That, that is going to be much their more next game after intimate, Red Dead. It's not like this big grand scale, I guess. I mean, I've never played Bully, but... No, if you're just talking about a high school... Right, and maybe a little of the surrounding yeah. area. So that, to me, that's got Switch written all over it. Yeah. But I don't think we see Grand Theft Auto. Or Red Dead. Or Red Dead, for that matter. Yeah. I think what, yeah, I think what it means more than anything is... And again, oh, and the other thing that's funny, the game is $10 more on Switch than it is on PS4 and Xbox One. This goes back to the whole thing we heard about ahead of time with... Nintendo forcing people to use these game carts instead of optical media. The carts are more expensive to produce, so there was going to be issues with pricing. Yeah, it's going to be ten, it's going to be fifty on Switch, whereas it's forty on PS4 and Xbox One. That's not good. And because of that, then the digital copy has to be the same price too, because they can't undercut the physical copy. I don't like that one bit. Yeah, that's a little odd, but it is. But again, I think more than just like okay, Rockstar's making a game, like you said. I mean, maybe they would put out GTA Five on this. I doubt it. But they're so secretive about everything that it could be being worked on. We don't even know. It would sell just because. But I think more than that, GTA Six isn't coming. But I think more than that, it's just it shows that people, developers other than Nintendo, have some faith in this thing. Right. Which is good. I mean, it's selling like hotcakes. You know, we're well. I might as well talk about this right now. We'll skip it later. The Switch sales in Japan. So, the Switch in Japan has sold 1.5 million units in 26 weeks. It took the PlayStation 4 69 weeks to sell 1.5 million units. Now, it's not necessarily apples to apples, because I don't know if there were severe shortages of the PS4 in Japan. Obviously, there's been shortages of the Switch, but there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that we don't know about those numbers. But on face value, it sold... 1.5 1.5 million in almost almost a third of the time. Like, that's a big deal. Nintendo has always been big in Japan, but so has Sony. It's not like we're talking about the right. Xbox, which does not sell in Japan at all. They probably haven't sold 1.5 million units in their entire lifetime of the Xbox One in Japan because they just, it's just a Western system. It's not, it's people in the East don't really care about it. So the Switch obviously is a success. I just think maybe developers are taking notice. Um, you know, Capcom has said they're going to keep supporting it because they sold 450,000 copies of a freaking 27, how old is it? 25 year old game in Street Fighter 2. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I'm so happy for it. Again, I, I don't think we're going to get GTA 6 or anything. I'm not going to belabor the point, but um, I think it's good for the Switch. I don't know that I would want to play it on the Switch, even if it was an exact port which it can't be, but even if it was, I don't know that I would really want to play it on the Switch. Yeah. That's not the kind of game that I'm like, 
oh, I'll play a little Grand Theft Auto and play for like 10 minutes and put no, it down. No, you get like, lost in the world. Right. Like I'd rather just be able to settle in, kick my feet up at the couch and like play for an hour or two. Which yeah. again, you could do on the Switch, but that's not the appeal of the Switch. Right. So I don't know. I agree. Speaking of the Switch, interesting little tidbit came out here on IGN from the CEO of Pokemon. Uh, you don't have the copy in front of you, so I'm, you're going to make me say it. This comes from IGN. The Pokemon Company's CEO. No, it's not on here. No, it's on there. It's at the top. No, okay. The Pokemon Company's CEO. Sean's better at this than I am. Sunakazu Ishihara. Yep, see, I wouldn't have got that right. Has said he originally told Nintendo that the Switch would not be a success, but now realizes his mistake, and has offered some tiny hints as to how the Pokemon game for Switch will take advantage of the hybrid console. Speaking to Bloomberg, Ishihara explained, quote, I told Nintendo that the Switch wouldn't be a success before it went on sale because I thought that, in the age of the smartphone, no one would carry around a game console. It's obvious I was wrong, end quote. That's awesome. <laughs> this just sounds like Nintendo was filming him with like a gun off camera. I told him it would be this. I said this, but I was obviously obviously wrong. It was wrong. May I go home to my family now? However, he seems to put that success down to good games rather than hardware, which I'm editorializing here. I would agree. Also, I came to realize that the key to a successful game is quite simple: software with absolute quality leads sales of hardware. Playing style can be flexible if the software is attractive enough. Duh, you're the CEO of a game company, and you're just like, oh, you know what? I think if you make a good game, if you build it, they will come. No kidding. You make Pokemon games. How do you not know this? Like, why Why is this something that he's being quoted? Like, no kidding, dude. Well, I mean, you had this huge Pokemon Go game on a thing that isn't even really, I mean, not really, it's not a game system. Right. And yet you come out with this game that is like the biggest thing ever. I mean, now nobody cares, but... Continuing on, Ishihara announced a core Pokemon RPG for the Switch at E3 this year, which will undoubtedly be one of the system's biggest games upon release. Perhaps hinting to his own game, he continued, quote, Currently, the Switch is popular, popular among the early adopters, and there needs to be one more step to attract a wider audience. That's going to happen. This is me editorializing again. That's going to happen in October with Mario. I see more potential in Switch, but one shouldn't overestimate its potential. So now you're like walking back what you said. In a separate Bloomberg interview, Ishihara offered a few small hints on the thinking around making a mainline Pokemon game for the new console. With a Switch, he explained, we see it as a chance to create Pokemon that goes deeper and with a higher level of expression. As a result, that makes it an extremely important platform. Right now, we're using 7- to 8-inch screens, but on a high-definition TV, you can express a whole different world with graphics and sound. He also revealed that the company is applying a wider thinking the company is applying a wider thinking about multiplayer. Is that a sentence? Yeah. Okay. Until, quote, until now, games were made as one for one person, but now you can go home and play with everyone. So how do we tackle these themes? And how do we make sure it's not complicated? It's not entirely clear that thinking centers around, it's not entirely clear whether that thinking centers around the Switch console's innate social aspects, split Joy-Con play, or more familiar on- online play. As for whether a new Pokemon game would come with extra peripherals, previous games have introduced the Pokewalker and game-linked Z-Ring toys. Sean? Okay. Okay. He said, quote, I can't say that we'll release accessories, but I'd like to think of that possibility. I said all that because some of you may care about Pokemon, and I'm not demeaning that, but I wanted to read it for you. I don't really want to talk about anything about 
Poke- would you like to talk about Pokemon and Switch? Not really. It's uh, I I've said this for years. It sounds at least going back to I don't know if Pokemon is just totally different now, but it seems like something I may enjoy. I liked it. I will the say standard game, not Pokemon Snap, not Pokemon Go, not no. When I played it on when Nick got it for Christmas, Pokemon Sun, I played around with it, or I downloaded the demo or something. I was like. Oh, this is actually kind of fun. Like this turn-based combat, if you want to call it that. It, well, it is that. It's not like what what turned me off of Final Fantasy VII. Like I just didn't like the feel of the combat. I like the feel of the combat in Pokemon. So it's probably me just being like, Pokemon, I'm not going to play Pokemon. And well, maybe so I'll give it thing, a try on the Switch. I don't know. What I don't get, and I'm, I apologize, I'm showing my ignorance here. Is there an actual game? Are you literally just trying to catch Pokemon? Or there's a story. Is there like a bad guy at the end? Is no, there a, a bad guy. Is there a Ganon to No, there's a bad lane? guy. And you, you catch the but Pokemon. You, need, you basically level up. No, I know you can level up. You level you, up your Pokemon. Yeah, so you just need bigger and better and more Pokemon To defeat the Pokemans so that you run into in the world so you can capture the Pokemon by throwing that Pokemon ball at the Pokemon. So you can ultimately beat the big bad guy at the end of the game. Pokemon Go. But there's like a story. There's it's a not story. Yes, each one has a story. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I do think it's something I probably like, but at this point, I just I can't. I just can't. The only way I think I would ever really play a Pokemon game is just it being on Switch, which is what they're banking on. I mean, well, they don't have to bank on that. When they put this out, they will sell every. If they make bundles, they will sell. It'll be impossible to come yeah. by. Well, I give it a try. It depends. Will they give a demo? Then I'll give it a try. But we'll see. I think it's crazy that the Pokemon CEO who has made all his money on portable games slash handheld games, whatever you want to call them, didn't think the Switch would be a success when it had Breath of the Wild launching alongside it. Right. I don't know. Next up, a couple quick more items here. Resident Evil 7 is getting a gold edition coming out on December 12th. If you guys have not played this game yet, which is understandable because everything that's come out this year from Resident Evil 7 to Neo to Horizon to Zelda to Persona to Street Fighter 2. I'm just kidding. I get it. If you haven't played it yet, it might be worth waiting till December because December, the gold edition is going to contain all the DLC, the band footage and all that other stuff. It's also going to contain the Not a Hero DLC, which includes a spoiler for the game, so I will not say anything about it. And there's a new DLC announced called The End of Zoe, who Zoe is one of the members of the, uh, I was going to say the Wyatt family, the Baker Basically. family. Uh, so that comes with that comes with it. It's, it's $15 if you don't get the gold edition. But it's it comes with the gold edition. I just think this is great. I think this is a game that everybody should play this year. If you're not a kid <laughs> or if you're not easily scared, you should definitely play this game. The, uh, yeah, I mean, this game, every time I talk about it, I say the same thing, but this game is unlike anything I've ever, ever played before. Mm-hmm. It's, I will say, it's not a perfect game. The end kind of tails off, but that first... The first two thirds are, like like you said, yeah. unlike anything I've ever played in video games, ever, period. Uh, yeah, I've never had a game simultaneously make me want to keep playing and at the same time like like there were times where I'm like Brittany's out I'm home alone I'm just like I 
want to play. I want to get further in Resident Evil, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm like, it's too stressful, but like good stressful, not yeah bad stressful, like playing Sonic and oil ocean zone. Well, I was going to say like Twilight Princess. Yeah. Like I want to play that game, but But I don't want to deal with the wolf stuff. It's not that at all. It's, I, it's just so stressful. I want to play this game. I, I may play through this game again this year. I'm not sure yet because there's Mario. There's nothing in November I'm going to play because I'm not playing any of those first-person games. Noah wants Battlefield 2. I think he's going to buy it. Or Battlefront. Sorry, Battlefront 2 um, when it comes out. I may play that. I'll probably play that here and there. But after Mario, there's not anything that really tickles my fancy. I'll probably go back to the pie mostly, I would guess. But I really want to play through this again. I think the next two games that I replay are in some order, probably this first and then um, Last of Us. Mm. I have to play through that again. Mm. Oh, (laughs) that reminds me. I do have something to play in November. I've got the Horizon DLC and then probably in December or late November, the Zelda DLC. So never mind. Because that's... I feel like those are both, they're not going to be their own game. It'll probably be two to three hours of additional content is what I would guess. But yeah, I'm going to get sucked back into both those worlds. I know it. Especially because I'm not going to download the season, the, the deal. Actually, I might download the DLC for Zelda before then just so I can see the my little footsteps and be like, oh my God, I haven't gone anywhere in this world. Yeah. So yeah, if you haven't got RE7 yet, wait till December 12th. Get it with all the DLC. It's worth it. I'm still looking so forward to the Not a Hero DLC, even though I think it's going to be more like the last third of that game than the first two thirds, just I, based yeah. on who it is and all that. Still can't wait to play it because I want to know what they do with that, and I want to know if it ties now in. When, is that out? When is that out? No, it's it's not coming out until December. It's going to launch alongside it. It sounds uh, like. Okay. So that was originally supposed to be a Q2 release, and then they're like, you know what? We just want to do it right. It's not coming out anytime soon. When we get it that's right, fine. we'll release it. Which that's there's I'm like, something there's, to be there's said. Enough to for, play. Yeah. Get it right, especially if it's because I think I really think it's going to tie into eight big time. I think it's going to be it a post credit scene for eight. Basically, is what I think. Yeah. One more item here. Speaking of Resident Evil, Revelation, Resident Evil Revelations One and Two. The release date on the Switch is November twenty eighth. Did you ever play these games? I think we've talked about them before, but they're like spinoffs and. They're coming to the Switch if you want to try them. But are they like... They're Resident Evil games, but I, they're in like the style, excuse me, of 4, but I don't know if they're more 4 or more 6. I think they're more 6, That's kind of but I don't I know for too. sure, but that's always been my thoughts, and I think that's probably why I've stayed away from them. But. Yeah, but again, it's Capcom. Like I said, Street Fighter 2 did well. They're going to support the Switch. They're going to put Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 out there. Uh, there's no way seven with those graphics can be done on the switch unless no. it's dumbed down big time. But it's again, it's just good to see th- third parties promoting or supporting the switch. That's it for the news of the week. But all that means is that it's a certain time of the week, Sean. What time is that? Uh, I believe it's time for the, uh, <gasps> it's a pack of box challenge. Yeah, you left me hanging. My voice, my voice just you, quit. It just, you're like, it's a pack of, 
I'm over here singing off key. <laughs> if you didn't know, the Back of the Box Challenge is how we end the podcast here every week on the two-player co-op podcast. What this game is, is it's a game that we like to do where we take a previously released retail version of the game. We flip that joker around. We read the back of the box aloud to the other player. Bleep out any pertinent information that would give the game where make it too easy. Then the other player gets asked some follow-up questions to see if they can guess what that game is. That's the Back of the Box Challenge. That's what we're going to do right now. I did not call it the back of the backs. I've done that a few times. That is correct. You want to go first? Uh, Yeah. So, like I told Kevin off air, you're just setting me up. No, I truly mean it. I think it's. I think it's going to be easy. But it'll depend on how much I bleep out. All right. The first blank game just scratched the surface of the cataclysmic events on blank. And at long last, the rest of the tale has come to light. Experience at long last, and it's a sequel? Yes. Experience the first of Blank's legendary adventures through all new cutscenes and action sequences as the Blank races through the deeps towards the showdown with the leader of the Blank. But will the end of Blank really mean the end of the story? And then there's a couple bullets. (laughs) <laughs> what this is is this a remake i guess get lost on blank oh is this a game coming out this friday nope oh <laughs> i, I was don't, like, have, I don't have, the have the back, the back of, the of the box get lost on blank zebus yep well see you got it is it a game boy game no is it a super nintendo game no is it a Wii game? No. Well, what the hell? <laughs> oh, is it a Game Boy Advance game? It is. Is it? Does it have a number less than one attached to it? It does. Okay. Zero mission. That is correct. I was like, this sounds like a Metroid game, but I'm like, I was looking through every. I literally looked at. I looked at Zero Mission, Fusion, Prime, One, Two, Three, and other M. I've looked at Prime. I think Prime all was super short prime, or something. All yeah, Prime, Prime Two, Prime Three, and other M are just like pictures with like a yeah. little bullet below each of them. I'm like, well, that that so that doesn't work. And then Fusion was almost as obvious as that. So. You're telling me I should play Terranigma over this. Again, I'm going to play Metroid here. Yeah, because I think you're going to get your Metroid fix. Yeah. And then you'll probably want a little breather for Metroid, but it's going to make you want to go back and play this. Oh, did you watch? Did I send you the top Top 10 10. Metroid book? Did you watch it? Yeah. I thought there's only one number one. I was so glad. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know Metroid like everybody else does, but that fight at the end of Super Metroid, I said it when we did our So You Think You Can Dance. No, So You Call Yourself a Gamer Challenge way back in episode seven, I think this was. I I could not believe that this 20, at the time, 22-year-old game with these 16-bit sprites with no words on the screen, no voice acting, no nothing, no cinematics could make me feel like, no! Right. And just be like, I'm going to just freaking murder you, mother brain. Oh, you mother brain. <laughs> brain. And when you get that, like the rainbow. Oh, my God. And you're just and like, just boom, bam, bam. Boom. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. That game is so good. Spoiler. Oh, that wasn't really a spoiler. All right. This one we may have done before, but I don't remember. So we're going to try it. Okay. A nightmare from below, a hero from within. 
Within is capitalized with a W. I don't know why. Oh, because it's the title line. Never mind. Okay. It's not the title of the game. The planet lies in ruin. Is this a Metroid game? No. Okay. <laughs> I would have. You would have been able to read my face. Cities crumbling. Man's greatest works fallen. Humanity is cornered. Nowhere to run. The blank has risen, and they won't stop coming. They won't stop killing. This is a PS3 game? No. Four? No. Oh. The blank, I'll blank it for now. I'll go back to it if you, because I don't know if you know it, but. The blank is desperate for soldiers. The sick, the wounded, the imprisoned are all that remain. An inmate named Blank, once left to die, is now charged with keeping humanity alive. He can take comfort in but one fact. The human race isn't extinct. Yet. You thought it was resistance. Yeah. That's why I did it. All right, so it's a newer game. By the way, that it's tough to go back and play that. Once you get used to them kind of getting used to doing the, the, the right stick for aiming, and it wasn't like, it's not like playing Resident Evil 4, but it's not like playing twin stick shooters now. That game and Resident Evil, and Resident, Resistance 1 and 2 are so good. I still cannot believe I never went back and played Resistance 3. That's one of those, if it's ever on a sale for like seven, eight bucks or something that Wario will tweet me about, um, I'm going to get it. Because I, I, I loved 1 and 2. The ending for 2 kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But the one, the story of one is amazing. The gameplay and the story of two is amazing up until the end, which some people love it. Some people don't. But anyways, hmm. you should play is what I'm saying. Okay. Ooh, we need to do our challenge again. So I can tell this is a new ish game. Is this like, doesn't sound like a nineties game to you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. They're, they're pretty Video easy games to have changed. Writing shouldn't really have changed so much in the last 25, 30 years. But yeah, but you like, can just tell the... Because they're not like, hey, dude, there's a soldier and he's got to go get the bad guys with the big guns, dude. <laughs> Was that two crude dudes? Basically. <laughs> or bad dudes. Um, One or the other. All right, is this a first-party game? Not, not something about it. Is it a console exclusive? Yes. Xbox yes. of some variety? Uh, the Xbox family, yes. Th- a 360? Yes. Is it Gears of War? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a roll there. So I bleeped out um, the Locust Horde has risen. Uh, that wouldn't have meant okay. anything to I me. I didn't think so. The Coalition is desperate for soldiers is what I bleeped out. Uh, now, the Coalition, yeah. the guys who made this, correct me if I'm wrong. Matt, I know you'll correct me because Matt's the Xbox guy. The guys who made the first Gears of War, they they broke off to do their own company. Originally, they called it Coalition, and now they've renamed it to Black Box or something like that. Gear, not Gearbox. Gearbox is something else. But um, I know I'm wrong, but just tell me what the name of the thing is. I just I can't remember. But again, Gears of War, of all the non-Sony, non-Nintendo franchises that I missed out on, that's the one that I'm like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have missed that. How many have there been? Three? Four. Is they just four? Four came out last year. Four came out last year because Halo 5 was 2015. Gears was 2016. Yeah. Okay. So one I missed out on, I want to play it. I don't have an Xbox. I had an Xbox 360 and I sold it immediately after I won it at work. You almost had an Xbox One. I almost had an Xbox One. I, I need to go back through his mention, just see if anybody actually got it. There's no way. Somebody did. Somebody screenshotted it and blacked everything out and said, 
you know, shipment, you know, I know. on its way. But I had one they of these. They still call it back. I had but. some, I had, we've got the echoes and stuff. I had an echo dot that I ordered for free, said it was shipped. And then mysteriously it said, oh, it was damaged in shipment. We'll get another one out. And then I got an email. No, it's been canceled. Sorry. That was a deal that should never have been up there. We're sorry. I'm like, well, I dang it. God. I don't, but I mean, this is like a $350 bundle. They're not going to just give it out for free. But yeah. anyways. Thank you guys so much for being here. This has been episode 91 of the two-player co-op podcast. Seriously, thank you guys so much for being here. If you didn't know, you can find us at nerd901.com because we are part of the Nerd901 family. Go to nerd901.com for all things nerdy in Memphis and around the globe. While you're there, check out Pixels and Papers. Check out everything else that's going on at Nerd901. They're doing great things over there, expanding their horizons, if you will. Synergy is great. And it's been synergy. in the way. Was that a Hadouken? That was the Blitzball yeah. thing from Final Fantasy X. I don't, I don't even know. I thought that was a Dragon Ball reference. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at KevinWhite24. He's at RealSeanWhite. Together, we're at two-player underscore co-op. If you're watching, if you're listening to this on audio, that's awesome. You should go check out YouTube.com slash two-player co-op. Make sure you hit that subscribe button over there. Hit the like button. Share it with your friends and family if you like what you see. We're on a push to get to 500 subs. It would mean a lot to us just because... We got a lot of subs here over the last few months. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Keep spreading the word. Show the love. We really do appreciate it. And like I said, if you like audio, you're either listening to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or audio services around the world. And if you like Facebook, we've got a Facebook page that we never update. Facebook.com slash gaming. Go ahead and go over there. We at least get tagged in all the stuff that Nerd901 posts because they do their job when we don't when it comes to Facebook. This has been episode 91. Really appreciate you guys being here. Stay tuned. No, no, don't stay tuned. Uh, what do you get? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, I mean, it's not come TV, back, come but back, stay tuned. Uh, come back next week. We're going to have a uh, special episode, uh, as we touched on a week or two ago. Two of my buddies from way, way, way back are going to be in town. We're going to do a little uh, four-player co-op episode. I'm maybe maybe there will be it. some big news. I don't know. It's going to mostly just be a, a BSing, reminiscing Oh, yeah. Podcast. It probably won't be a standard episode. Yeah. It'll be more like... But come check it out. Yeah, It'll be it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. Yeah. But until next time. Sean, why don't you take us out? Sure thing, All right. Kevin. All right. Let's see it. Hey. Hey. Here, can I give you some <laughs> advice? You're always like... Thank you for playing. I think you should say thank you for playing and then flip it. No, I got it. You're making it harder. You're never going to catch it this way. You heard that, right? It's going to land in your drink or your eyeball or your ear hole. Thank you for playing. Okay. I forgot what I do. Thank you for playing. (laughs) It didn't even land in the shot, I don't (laughs) think. It hit my leg. It was barely in the shot. It was the right fore and aft. Came right back down. It was just to the left. That's what she said. (laughs) And on that note, bye, guys.